it really comes down to listening to your body listening are you happy with waking up are you happy with you know how you feel throughout the day do you experience crashes or is your energy good do you give yourself like do you project yourself well welcome back to the motives life podcast we are off site today i believe this is the second time ever we've been off site uh we we have dan co-host dan he's back and we are with dr kevin in freehold uh, everybody asked how to get to his office and we use Chipotle and Rook as the landmark. So <laughs> if you're in the Freehold area, his office is is across from the, it's a middle school, right? Yeah. Across the street. So there's a middle school across the street and Chipotle is around the corner, which is, I, I would find very tempting to not eat Chipotle every Rook day. Every day. It tests Rook the character to resist the urge. Well, sure. it's very, sure. <laughs> you're, uh, you know, your character is definitely tested and it's admirable that you're able to resist <laughs> yeah. that urge every day. Hey, Zaytuna is pretty good. It's a Mediterranean grill that kind of does the same sort of flow or where is that? It's the plaza right next to it. It, yeah, there's dude, yeah. dude that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know anything else. It. Man, that lamb swarm us. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we're here, we're in his office. We actually just finished spending about an hour with him with all of our team, Ashley and Alexa had just left and we were just getting to know each other and go through a bit of his, uh, assessment process that he takes patients through. And he took Dan through a very interesting session today, which we'll get into later, but I wanted to, uh, bring Kevin on just to hear his story and his, uh, journey specifically professionally, how it led to him practicing in the way that he does now, which is what I would call non-traditional chiropractic practicing and you know you could use your mm-hmm. official words as we go but i want to kick it over to you kev just introduce yourself and and you know share your story with us yeah so my name is dr kevin Beezer. i grew up in metuchen new jersey and i'm 33 years old now so this is the course of the that whole story i knew i wanted to be a healer of some sort. I wanted to help people. And that, that was documented at a pretty young age. I was seven years old when I first wrote that down, um, where it, it was some homework assignment and my mom held on to it for all these years. And it said, you know, the last question on this homework assignment was what makes you a special friend? And I said, I help people when they get hurt. I, when I was young, I was an athlete. I always was at outside playing sports. I was always in season of some sort of sport. And that was who I related to the most. So that led me to a career in school. I went to undergraduate for athletic training. When I was studying to be an athletic trainer, I, one of, some of our courses were taught by a chiropractor and he was getting people like better, faster than anybody else with less tools, less equipment. All he had was his hands. So that had a really profound effect on me. So I was shadowing him a lot more than the other athletic training students were. I was in there every single week and I didn't have to be there. I just wanted to be there. And then an interesting thing happened. And I hope I'm not going into too much gory detail, but I was a resident assistant and one of my uh, residents committed suicide. Mm. And I was the first responder to that. And that made the whole becoming a chiropractor thing with dealing with necks and understanding neck injuries a whole lot more sensitive for me. And I had to really go through a lot of 
you know, mental healing and traumatic, you know, heal from that trauma. But I saw it as a fork in the road. So I took the fork and ran with it and used that as something that happened for me instead of something that happened to me. Mm. And I went to school. I continued to go to school for chiropractic out in San Jose, California. I was very heavily in sports medicine back then. And, you know, given the background as an, as an athlete, I want to work with the Olympic team and, you know, professional sports. My first job out of chiropractic college was supposed to be with the Jacksonville Jaguars chiropractor. And I went moved out there and I wasn't treating enough people. So I didn't enjoy it because I just wanted to get my hands on people. So I moved away from there. I went to Southwest Colorado, worked with my mentor, who, who is a really big influence on me. And he taught, he was the introduction to a lot of these holistic healing techniques that I now implement. He was kind of like the door into that, but he didn't truly teach me those things. I had to go find them on my own, mm. but he sort of exposed me to some of the things that were possible. I moved to Baltimore. I worked with the, I was still sort of getting to grips with the idea that, you know, I still thought I wanted to be working with sports and athletes. So I moved to Baltimore, worked with the Ravens chiropractor for a little while, and I just wasn't happy there. And I wasn't truly happy with working as a titled sports chiropractor. It just wasn't filling my cup as much as I thought it would. And I really wanted to help people in more profound ways. So I started to learn a lot more holistic healing methods. And it's interesting because I would say what you said was non-traditional, but I think what I do is actually more traditional than ever because this goes back thousands of years with the whole Chinese medicine, you know, Native American way of healing is very traditional, but it, I would say now it's a little more unconventional. And, but it's really amazing because every single person I see has their own story, just like I do. And it sees people as that and it listens to their story and it allows me to make sense of their story and relay it to them in a way that they can start to take healing into their own hands a little more. Mm. That was. That's quite the story. Yeah. I, I, I heard a couple things that stood out to me. One was, uh, your navigation around the country to ultimately coming back home and finally feeling, you know, not to specific, like intentionally put a play on words, but you come back home and you feel like you're at home again, treating the way that you didn't know. I think at the outset, it was the way that you wanted to be treating for the rest of the time. And, um, there were a few things that I could assume, but I, my, about the answer to the question I'm going to ask. And so I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, I'm curious what, what your expectations were from the outset when you thought sports chiropractic was the thing that was going to fill your cup and how they weren't met and where that ultimately led you to treating the way you're treating right now. I thought you were going to ask uh, if I get guacamole with my gu burrito. <laughs> I was totally thrown off by that question. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, well, do you? 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, my guacamole I make is better because, uh, you know, you mentioned me coming back to home and I was, man, I, I don't have a Jersey accent and everybody thought I was, you know, I have the blonde hair and everybody thought I was from California just because of those two things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I do get a good tan, not great, but it's there. <laughs> We're going to summer mode. But anyways, um, when I... I'd say the first time I started to realize that it wasn't like one moment. It was the one experience after another, going after a certain type of title, going after a certain type of position, seeing the people that were, and I don't want to sound egotistical, but I had helped teach these chiropractors that were, you know, the team chiropractors for these NFL teams. And when they were learning from the people that were great, they weren't even paying attention. And at least some of them, some of them are great, but you know, I was brought on to, uh, into these jobs into like, into working with these people because they sort of knew that I was trying to become as great as I possibly can and hang hanging around with a person that they highly respected and they wanted to learn from themselves. So I, I just got a little bit discouraged because a lot of the team chiropractors, they just, you know, they're, they're nothing that special. They're just seeing people in the traditional way in their office. And then they see them like the athletes at their respective facilities and that's it. You know, they're, they're not doing anything like truly astounding, truly groundbreaking it's just a very safe type of chiropractic care where people just go in and get adjusted and that's most of it mm-hmm. and i re- started to realize that the people that the or the providers that the professional athletes go see truly is who they see in the off season who they, who they will go out of their way to go see and it wasn't the people that i was seeking jobs for or from right so obviously I was coming out of school. The first thing I needed to do was get a job. So I wanted to be associated with these different teams and have put myself in the best opportunity to, you know, work with these teams. But then I realized that, you know, it's really the people that, or it's the providers that see the athletes on their own time that they will, that athletes will go out of their way to go see saying, I need this person on my team, not being on this team. And, Oh, we just happen to have this, this person who can do all these services for you. Mm-hmm. And then I just started to get a little bit bored with the traditional chiropractic route. It just wasn't getting people better for longer amounts of time. It was just, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people see that as chiropractors, you have to go to them for your whole life three times a week whatever, you know, we've all heard that story and I'm not interested in that. I want to give people the ability to heal and without needing me in their back pocket all the time. It's interesting you say that because that's been my experience over my life with chiropractors and I, I've haven't been to a chiropractor in so many years because I used to go to one for, for a long time and, and I just got tired of the I need to crack you three days a week for you to heal. And, and there were often times where I would cycle through pain cycles and it would 
sometimes those those adjustments were making it worse. And it just logically didn't make sense to me why I needed to get cracked more if it was making me feel worse. And so I just kind of like tuned it out and said, nah, this isn't for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely one thing that's made me curious to continue meeting with you. I mean, this is the third time we've gotten together now is just to hear, uh, a different mindset in, in a medical like angle that I've been kind of not, I wouldn't say jaded. It's a little like strong of a word, but I've just been kind of like, nah, not really interested in that. Yeah. So, um, how about you, Dan? What, what's your experience been like with, um, chiropractic care? Honestly, I, I've gone maybe a few, like a handful. I mean, even including today, which was a little light touch of what Kevin does. Um, but I, I never like sought out to see a chiropractor just from like my experience with just in the, in the, uh, fitness industry of, of hearing clients saying they, they go to a chiropractor and, and they similar to your story of like, they're always going back and I'm, I'm kind of seeing like, there's no remedy into it there. It seems like they're just always going back and I see like how you see, I, I think it's way more complex, you know, it, it, there's like, so I, I have the client in front of me telling they're going to the chiropractor and I see so many other issues, so many other red flags and they're going to get their back cracked most likely because it feels good for the, for, and, and that's, it's probably really hard right now. And I know it's hard for, for us to find people that are truly committed because it's a process and it's not, uh, one time or three time fix and you feel good. You might not even feel good leaving the first session or, or, or that you might feel worse from things that you've talked about. You might feel worse about yourself. And I can definitely sense that maybe coming from uh, a session from you, you know, you start to, to dig in, you dig, you dig deeper. People start to realize like, wow, I, I should have took more responsibility in in this part of my life or whatnot. So, I mean, that actually brings up a question for me. I mean, hearing your story and you started to see more fulfillment that people were committed. But if you're out on the street trying to explain to someone um, what they do and they've gone to chiropractors and they're looking for that quick fix, like what are things that you look to say to them to convince them or not even convince them, but to just like have them think about coming to you or do you even like talk to someone and if they're not committed, you wouldn't even want to work with them just yet because yeah, they're just not ready. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's probably the best question you could probably like probably ask when it comes to, you know, what makes me different? What's, what do I do differently that will change that person's way of thinking about this entire profession? Because every single Every chiropractor is different. You know, it's an art, it's an art form, at least when the passion is behind it. Right. So for me, the way I would present it to somebody is I use different forms of reflex testing and I figure out the, how the whole body works as one unit and tying together the nerves, the hormones, the joints, the muscles, the the entire nervous system and all the hormone system and figuring out how all these things relate to each other and how they present in the body. And I use muscle testing to figure out all the deficiencies that may be happening that's keeping them from truly healing. 
and trying to make sense of what's been senseless for all this time. And if there's a medication that they've been taking thoughtlessly for all these years, figure out why, because not enough people ask that. And how is it showing up in your body, whether this is good for them or bad for them? Very different. Yeah. But it, I, it relates to what we do. And, and it's funny because I've now experienced a little taste of this going through with Kevin and I can see the value out of seeing you and, and see how you can dig deeper than just having me come in here and crack my back. Maybe sometimes that is the instance, but there's, there's a whole system I had to go through in order for you to find that. And I thought that was really effective because we are able to find out other things. And I know that would work with a lot of people, but it's, it's almost similar to where we have a situation where we're talking to someone and they've had, they've paid for personal training way at a way cheaper price than us. And we're telling them, you know, we're going to help them in all of these different areas. And they're looking at us just with the, with the vision of what personal training is. And they're not, they're, they might not connect the value, but like you almost just want them to go through it. So I think it's important for, for for us and for you is like to have those people, the patients that you see and the clients we see speak our language to other people and we keep delivering our language to them so that they can go out in society and, and really just like represent us because they actually went through us and saw the value. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really cool how, how aligned we both yeah. are in our separate fields. But even with people looking at chiropractics, um, with that one, that one side and not knowing that you, you do that too, but you also have a whole other, um, side. And, and you said in the past that people are like, well, stay in your lane or, or things like that. But you're looking at it as like, no, I think more people like us should be opening up our lanes and, and should be diving it because there's so much connection. You can't just say you're on, you're in one lane. It, right. It's almost like impossible. You're like keeping yourself in a bubble bite by staying in one lane. Right, exactly. And it's, you know, what roads are you driving? You can come out to the United States and drive here. You go to Europe and it's, you're driving on the opposite side of the road. And you need to, for us, we, there's so much that we learned in chiropractic college. And a lot of people just study that stuff to forget it for the board. Like Once they finish the board exams, they just drop that knowledge um, but there's actually a practical time to know each of those things that we learn what, from microbiology, geriatrics, peri- pediatrics, you know, OBGYN, all those different courses that we take, there is clinical application for all of those things. And there are ways that we can test. And what's beautiful about it is we can use the body's nervous system and the muscular system as a window to figure out what's going on. And just like, you know, you said there's a big discrepancy with what people offer at commercial gyms versus what you guys do at your gym. At these commercial gyms, they don't sell the relationships they build. They don't sell the experience that you guys sell. And that's what people don't realize is possible, you know, and that's maybe that's what it is, just the them to realize that like the possibility of what there is. You know, selling the the whole package of what is possible for them. Yeah, we were having a uh, a lot of discussion around this lately as to how to uh, clearly and concisely communicate exactly what it is that we do. And 
there's there's really been two two ways I guess we've identified as strategies, and one is talking to the solutions that we provide, and the other is talking to the problems that we have solved for already. Um, I believe that both of those strategies could be successful, but where we're at right now in an industry that's dominated by um, services that aren't like ours. Uh, I, I'm coming to the conclusion, even through this conversation that we're, we can be more effective by spending our time, energy, and effort talking about the problems that we're solving for right now and forget about the solutions and say, Hey, pick our solution over their solution. It's like, it's let's talk to the problem. If you have this problem, we have solved that problem for this person. Here's the evidence to support that. And if you want to talk to that person, I'll also connect you with them via text message. Um, or, you know, we'll figure out a way for, for us to show you proof because, uh, it's going to take a long time for us to, uh, create noise in the overarching industry, right? In the same way, I think is true for you with the, the different way that you practice. Um, that was just one thing that came to mind for me in, in, in Dan's point of how do we best communicate to our clients so that they can be a positive social influence for the people that are around them. And it's all, it's, what has led to, I think, this podcast is our, you know, we've only met a couple times, but it's the stories we have both shared with each other that line up. You know, it's the experience that we, we experience of, you know, taking this person from point A to point Z and what we've done for them in between that filled in those gaps and where, what Z looks like, you know, figure out what the end of that road is like. Because, I mean, the stories that you guys shared, I, I wanted to be, I want to be part of that, and I think it goes both ways mm-hmm. of just being part of that journey and offering a better journey that gives better sights at the end. Sure, or even just even uh, creating a better journey by having more options. Mm. I think yeah. is is what it simply is what is out there potentially, right? Is for us to have more options on the table. Um, on our side, we talk a lot about, uh, as we're elevating ourselves professionally in the industry, how do we earn a seat at the table with medical professionals and not to override medical professionals, but to have a seat at the table so that they can understand how we're equipped to be able to either off-ramp patients from their direct care as they transition through their next season of life or how we're able to provide value to a current patient in conjunction with whatever care that they're doing. Um, and this podcast is just an example of us saying we're going to create a table <laughs> and, and, and meet medical professionals and, and just share our stories so that we're, we're like, if we can't find a table that'll let us sit at it, we're just going to create the table and that's what we're doing. That's, and I'm grateful to be, part of it i'm grateful to be sitting at it yeah um you know for there's so many there's so much there's such a big issue at least from from what i see and i'm sure what a lot of people are thinking and don't want to say but the doc the medical doctors who deal with people who have metabolic syndrome metabolic disease and the only thing they do is give them a pill Instead of referring to try, find, first of all, finding a resource that they can 
hand over their patients to or refer patients to. But even just beyond that, of just saying diet, exercise, they don't even say those words a lot of times. And it's heartbreaking. And if we can create, a, like you said, you guys are already creating it, a table of people who are making more profound and genuine impacts than those people who are referring or who are not referring and just giving medications are going to feel left out and want they want they're going to realize that they've been doing the wrong thing for all this time mm. or not care yeah and we're not care. and contrast themselves to to this other this other way and miss out on this table filled with chipotle just <laughs> 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 chipotle with homemade guac he's gonna keep coming back right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I, while we're in this lane of thought we we were having discussion earlier and i wanted to talk about this on the podcast and uh, i'm curious just to hear your your thoughts and insight as to um you know you're new to the area but if you weren't new to the area and you knew everybody in this area and had great connections with them who do you believe you would find yourself um collaborating with most in terms of um providing your patients with the best care that you can possibly provide and uh, maybe that's with specific medical professionals or outside of the medical industry or uh, anything in that lane. Great question. Number one is a uh, fitness professional for sure. Like yourselves. Number two, mental health professional to help with the ongoing support with, and especially to deal with some of the more advanced, uh, you know, emotional cases or mental issues that people um, people need help with on an ongoing basis. Would, a medical doctor just uh, that I trust that I can have a conversation with where they understand what I'm saying and are not put off by the fact that, you know, I just have an initial that says chiropractor. Um, you know, the initials don't mean, excuse my French, but shit. <laughs> You know, it's more about the quality, the quality of the person between those initials, whether it's before or after. Um, it's what that person stands for. I think that really is what should be listened to than what initials a person has, because there's really just it, the initials is just a means to an end, whether somebody has them or not. You know, you can as long as somebody is dedicated towards the path of helping somebody and are doing their best to get the resources for those people that are searching for their services. That's everything. Um, off with my ramp uh, rant. Uh, <laughs> I would say a nutritionist is huge. And what, what do I have for now? So I said, fitness. medical doctor, fitness, Men mental health professional, uh, professional nutritionist and man oh man what's this fifth one gonna be i would say man that's tough maybe oh, maybe there isn't a fifth yeah, maybe not be. maybe it's for whoever is willing to prove themselves enough to to be at the table who speaks the language or is looking to understand yeah well, we, I remember you were also saying something, uh, maybe this could be the fifth, but uh, 
let's remove the table illustration for a moment yeah. and just think about that. Who would be at front of mind for you to help patients that you most often deal with? And you had mentioned something about um, anybody in the community that's has a resource that could be provided for my patients, yeah. even if that's a shoe store. Right. Um, so I, maybe that's option five is uh, more of like a miscellaneous category of somebody who has some type of resource that could uh, be of benefit to patients that you see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for reminding me of <laughs> Yeah, the, <laughs> my train of thought before. Like there's so there's, you know, I, the shoe store is a great example because, you know, people spend time on their feet all day and people live in shoes that may be compressing them. And guess what? The whole body is mapped out in the foot, you know, foot reflexology. They it's there for a reason. And if we're restricting our feet, then that's going to impact how our body performs. And if somebody provides a valuable service, such as allowing the foot to move the way it's designed to, that's huge. And they need to go to school for all that. They just need to open up a store and provide a valuable product. So anybody who provides a valuable product that makes sense and offers a service or stands for something that resonates and makes sense and allows the person to express, you know, the most genuine expression of their well-being. Yeah, that's that that's everything. You ever been to Runner's High? Yeah, actually I grew, I grew up in Metuchen, so I oh, had yeah. a Runner's High that's in Metuchen. The, that's yeah. the original story, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we we made friends with Craig uh Siegel last year. He's awesome. Yeah. At, at the Freehold store. Yeah. Which is around the corner. If you haven't popped in there, I would highly suggest. I haven't suggest. popped to this one. Yeah, they're yeah. great. They they actually um, they do an assessment before they put you in a shoe while you're there to um, you know just gain some insight into your gait. Yeah. Um, and all of those different things. I know, like my mom isn't a runner. Mm-hmm. She actually just started working out a little over a year ago. She's um, she hasn't worked out, I'd say, in forty years, thirty years, something like that. And she went in there for a pair of shoes and they were taking her through an assessor. So it doesn't matter if you run or not. Mm-hmm. Um, they have everything that you need there yeah. in terms of feet, which is great. And that's a big thing that I look for in all of my assessments. I check to make sure that the foot is supported well. And if not that, you know, I just had a patient two weeks ago. First thing I had him do was go, you know, he had a uh, elongated leg on one side and he's been wearing crap shoes for all, like a long time. First thing I told him to do to start healing is to get support under your feet. Because if your foot is not, if your balance, if your foundation is poor, it's going to set the whole rest of the body up to compensate 24 seven. Especially when you're running a hundred miles. Crazy. (laughs) I don't know. Especially when you're running a hundred miles. (laughs) Who would ever do that? As we all look to one person at the table. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. How did, how did your session go today, Dan? Give us some insight on how that, what were your expectations going into it? Actually, I want to start with that. I, I really had no expectations, but like, as I'm, I'm looking around the room and trying to figure out, you know, like there's not anything like too fancy here. Like he's not, he doesn't have any tools that he's going to bring out, you know? So it's like, I know it's going to be a lot of just Kevin getting to know me better. 
Um, and, and Alexa actually gave me just like a little background of what she did because Alexa came yesterday. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had like some expectation that it's just not, I'm going to lay down and get my back cracked for sure. Um, and then, so it just started off similar to what we do at motives. It is just like a mini interview of getting to know me better. And he was asking just general questions. And the first question Kev actually asked me was like, what's up? What What's hurting? And it's funny because I, I, in that moment, I'm like, I guess anyone you can kind of ask them like, what's, what's actually bothering you. And you wouldn't be able to, to tell by them walking in the room maybe. Um, but I had something on my mind and, and it was easy for me to just think, Oh, well, this has been bothering me and it was my shoulder blade. So then Kevin wouldn't, didn't just say, okay, sit at the table. Let me, check out your shoulder blade. He asked more questions, more deeper questions, asked me if I had any trauma, you know, got deeper, just getting to know me at another level. You know, I, I think that is really important too. You know, you don't, you wouldn't walk into a chiropractic office and, and think that you're going to ask, get asked about like anything other than what you're there for. Yeah. Um, you want to feel seen and heard. Yeah. 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 And just, just to interrupt for a quick second, you know, I, I, I said before how I sort of broke away and stopped focusing so much on being a sports chiropractor, but there is a reason I got into sports chiropractic to begin with. And it's because I know that athletes have a very high uh, amount of motivation to accomplish a goal of theirs. And it's really nice when I do have an athlete in front of me because I know that there's a goal that they want to get to. And I can start with some of those questions and just figure it out from there. But I, you know, you're an athlete and I knew that you were kind of going into some sort of competition, but I want to know what, what your goal is. So some people, they don't have goals and they don't know what they want, but it, it's nice. It, it reminded me that I, do have somebody I can re relate to when I have an athlete in front of me because I was an athlete too, and I still have my goals. I still have my dreams, and you know it, it helps me answer or ask the right questions, especially from the beginning. Mm. What do you do with somebody when when they come in? Because what I'm hearing from you is that more often than not, you're you're now treating patients who who on a scale of one to five, let's call it their purpose scale is one or two and they sit across from you and they don't, they don't have goals and they don't have, um, aspirations, which tells me that they are probably lacking some type of purpose yeah. for their existence on this planet. So how have you successfully navigated that with patients and, um, seen them come out on the other side and, and walk in days, weeks, months, or years later with purpose? Yeah. So, I think Dan will, as he continues, he'll elaborate a little bit more about what we did, but I use a technique called neuroemotional technique, and it helps us figure out the subconscious stressors that we carry around with it ourselves as human beings throughout the rest of our lives. And it, we don't realize that they're holding us back, but subconsciously they are stored somewhere in our body that is keeping us from being able to perform or, you know, create goals or have purpose or be happy. So it allows me to enter the conversation with a simple statement, a simple declarative statement. 
I can have, I can, what I do is I do a lot of muscle testing and I see if there's an indicator muscle that I'll start with a strong muscle. We use the, the arm a lot, see if they can hold it up. And I can start with something as simple as them smiling in a mirror and seeing themselves happy. And if they, if they go weak, then that tells me where to begin with is just seeing themselves happy, seeing themselves smiling. Mm. Or I can say, I have a purpose on this earth, or I have a, you know, I am okay being happy. You know, having them say something like that. And if their body is congruent, they'll say strong. If they, if their muscles go weak, when I say some, when they say something like that, they'll go weak. And that tells me where to begin. Wow. Did you experience that today, Dan? A little bit of that. Yeah. I mean, what, and the big thing I experienced, and as we're having this conversation, I'm like thinking about it too, is so many people are unaligned with their body and unaware of the complexity of the body. And we're in this thing our whole life, right? And a lot of people exit this life without knowing anything about their body and could have, it could have potentially live longer if they did know more about their own body. And, you know, we were talking conventional, unconventional. People are so used to the conventional medical world, medical field and seeing a doctor and being told like, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And that's going to help you, but never get really from my experience of going to the doctor, I was never told about, you know, anatomically how my body can be affecting me in a way that I wouldn't even be thinking that where the pain is coming from or why I'm getting sick or they never really tap into all of the areas because it's it it's all aligned just because there's pain doesn't mean it's only nerve related it can be spiritually related it can be related in, in so many other factors and this is what I was being refreshed with today as Kevin was taking me through his examination so I told him I had the shoulder blade issue and he had me sit up and was just like checking different areas. And we did the arm test where my arm was just raised up and he'd push down and I was told not to fight back too hard after resisting hard for a little bit. He was like, just like resist, but not completely like fight me on it, you know? So uh, he would push down and, some of the things were just, hey, I'm going to ask you some questions or I'm going to have you reflect on certain memories. We went back um, after he he had me on my back and just putting my body in all different angles and, and how things aligned. One thing I noticed was when he turned my foot a certain way, it felt weaker than how my other leg was reacting. And so when he said, oh, let me try that again. And it, again, it, it wasn't like groundbreaking week like no one in the room might have been able to tell but i could tell that there was a little difference and he ended up connecting that with where the spot on my shoulder blade was and it was all connected with my gallbladder from my foot to my gallbladder to my um shoulder blade and then so we're going through the arm test and he's testing all these different tests with my head like and it's all connected and you could tell it's connected because when he's pushing down and he's like tapping, he's putting a light pressure on one. As soon as it's in that one area, whether it was related to my shoulder blade, which is my T-spine or uh, my gallbladder, when all those areas would come up, 
my arm would get a little weaker, but he's putting the same pressure on each time. And so that showed him that, okay, something's wrong with his, something's telling me something about his gallbladder and it's in relation to the, the T-spine. And, and, and then he tested like, okay, is this with his body or is this emotional or spe- what is it? And, he found that it was more emotionally um, connected. So he asked me questions or had me go back in time and, and think of times. And it was in relation to my dad. Cause one of the questions he was asking me, um, who are you? Who are you as a person? Like things, I was saying things in my head and he's like, he said one and, and in my head, I said, I'm a son. And when he did that, my arm got weaker. So that told him that this is emotional. And when he would push on my gallbladder and push my arm down, my arm didn't get weaker. And that showed like, okay, with some pressure there, it's not going to go. So then it's not connected too much of my body. It has to be more emotional. So we, we went into that and he had me think of the times where these emotions would pop up and, and had me just like reflect on that all through my own mind. He was just touching areas, not really doing much. And it was all through my own mind and my own breathing and me really connecting with myself where, where he did the retest. It didn't happen. My arm like stayed. It didn't go down like it did before, which proved his point that it was more emotional. And in my head, I'm, you know, I'm more open-minded to this kind of, these kind of things. And through my experience now, I've noticed that a lot of it is connecting with yourself and, and dealing with old past trauma and the reasons as we become older and adults that we do these certain reactions that we might not even these habits and these reactions that we have on a daily basis that we might not even know we do is because of trauma from when we're nine years old, 15 years old. Um, So it's so cool that he did that. And then he checked a little more at my shoulder blade and realized like, okay, well this part it's, it needs to just get cracked. And when he did that, I did get release. So I, I had release and I, and I felt a little more like mental clarity because I'm going into those thoughts. It was almost like a mini journal session where I'm like going through that and I felt relief there and I felt relief in my shoulder blade from just the, uh, like what you would get at a conventional chiropractic. But I, I know like walking out of here today, like more was done to me and I can see the value in that. And it's, and going back to that, it's almost like, I'm not coming back for a crack in my back to feel good. I'm coming back because like, dude, let's dig deeper in that. There's probably other areas we can get into. So it's a very interesting and and new way for me to experience like a chiropractor. Um, But if more people experience chiropractors like this, there would be less talk of like, what's better, what's not. You'd be like, I wouldn't even know if someone would refer to you as a chiropractor. They'd just be like, my doctor is great. Like he just... He's helping me find who I am and, and how I can become my full potential. Like, as you were saying before, so. And that's such a profound and like huge compliment for me to hear is that you don't see me as a chiropractor. You just see me as a doctor, as a healer. You know, that's always been my goal. And, you know, from what you were talking about, one thing that came popped up in my, my mind one thought is, you know, you think about what the word guarding means, right? When, when you get adjusted and maybe you brace before that happens, or maybe you tighten up when a certain area of your body is 
in pain and somebody starts touching it. Well, think of all the ways that we actually put guards up from a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint. If let's say for, you know, your mid back pain or that shoulder blade pain was an emotional cause and I didn't do that emotional work. Well, maybe you're going to guard and you're not going to let me adjust that. And you know, you, your nervous system protects that area and you know, it's not going to feel as good. And a lot of people go to a chiropractor, get adjusted and it, it they feel worse because you adjusted through something that the body was trying to guard. So by working on the emotions and working on the, you know, getting the neuroemotional technique in there opens the nervous system to be more, you know, receptive to the treatment it's about to receive. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. And the way you described it before is like, you're just peeling an onion. Yeah. Like the more you're getting closer to it by just peeling back on the onion. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, what, uh, what other like insight could we provide to the listeners? Maybe somebody who is still a little bit skeptical or is guarding their thoughts to play off of your last statement, like guarding their thoughts from being open-minded to considering what other options there are out there for them. If they've, maybe they are physically fit, right. Or they have the freedom of the physical freedom. And, uh, there's another area of their life that they just can't seem to get a hold of. This may be an option for them if they've tried everything and exhausted all options. What, what kind of insight could you share for that type of person to at least consider opening the conversation in their mind to having a conversation with somebody like yourself? Yeah. Well, it really comes down to listening to your body, listening. Are you happy with waking up? Are you happy with, you know, how you feel throughout the day? Do you experience crashes or is your energy good? Do you give yourself like, do you project yourself well? And if that's something that you have a hard time answering, or if that's something that, um, you know, you, you don't feel good showing up, you don't feel good uh, doing whatever it is that you do that brings you joy, then those are all indicators that, you know, people like us can help. And maybe it takes a little more fine tuning. Maybe some, like maybe you have gone through therapy for years and that rubber is just not hitting the road. You can talk about all you want. You can talk about the trauma. You can ask as many questions about the trauma, but you're still plateauing and you haven't really progressed this may be another way to surround that trauma and attack it. So that way, maybe attack it is the wrong word, but you get my, di- my drift, but just giving another approach, another entry, another window into the body to try and get them to respond better to these things they are already doing for themselves. Mm. And the more avenues in which you take to get to the same road, that or get to a certain goal, then the more likely you're about you're going to succeed. But if you do the same thing over and over and it's just not working for you, or you're not a hundred percent, you're not uh doing the thing that you love to doing you love to do in the way that you like to do it, then this is an option for them. And it's a safe option. And we're not gonna do too much too soon. It's going to be whatever your body asks for. And that's the beauty of it is that we listen to your body. 
I'm listening to everything that your body says. And I don't need to be honest. I don't need anybody to say anything. I can just start testing and figure things out. And somehow I'll get to the end point because all I'm doing is listening to your body's nervous system and what it has to say. And deep down, we all have the subconscious mind and that's essentially what I'm trying to test. Mm. It's deep. It is. I love this. I know this isn't going to be our last podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope not. <laughs> where, where, where can people find you? Instagram, uh, Dr. Dot Kevin Vizer. So that's dr.kevin, V-I-E-S-E-R. That's probably the best place to find me because I'm putting up question and answers and answering people's questions all the time. And you can send me a message on there. Awesome. Well, thanks, Kev. Dan, thanks for sharing your experience today. Yeah. Thanks for being a participant. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me, man. That was actually very helpful. So Awesome. Of course. Yeah. Next week, uh, you'll be by us, right? Yeah. Awesome. We look yeah, forward to that. I'm excited to be going through your process. Awesome. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. Dan's going to take you through that. Yeah, it's oh, my turn. Man. We're flipping the table. There's going to be a whole whiteboard about me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a picture and post it. This is true. Yeah, that's what we'll, we do. We'll put a QA and well, a in front of the whiteboard and say, what Q&As do you have about let, this whiteboard? <laughs> let's publicize all yeah. of Dr. Kevin's weaknesses. <laughs> not, not weaknesses. We see them as opportunities Oppor- for growth. Yes. Drop the mic. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> if there's anybody, uh, any of you out there that, that are listening to this podcast and you found value in this, please share this with a friend or a family member that you believe it would also resonate with. Um, be sure to follow Dr. Kev on Instagram and stay tuned for our next podcast with Dr. Kev. Thank you, everyone. Go Thanks, for it. Mike. Thank you, both of you. You're welcome. <laughs>